Welcome to the Guest X Podcast, where my co-host Brian O'Malley and I uncover the latest technologies and human-driven initiatives that are raising customer expectations and forever changing how we define customer experience across a host of industries. If you are passionate about creating incredible content and unique experiences, join us as we talk to leading product and experience experts across the globe and learn about how today's most successful brands are setting themselves apart from the competition. Welcome to another episode of the Guest X Podcast. I'm Matthew Loney, and here with my co-host, they call him Mr. Guest Experience, Brian from Maui. Brian, my friend, uh, how are is it hot in Orlando? Because it's blazing hot in Destin. It's like almost going to get 80 degrees today. And I'm thinking maybe Santa may just skip over Destin this year. I Scarlett was asking me the exact same question. <laughs> it's hot. I'm literally sweating. It's crazy. I went outside. It's 81 degrees out here. Uh, so I think we'll just spend the weekend on the boat. And who knows? I, this Definitely again, I cold, give you a hard I, time. This is yeah. So this is how the one percenters. Not my boat. Spend it's Christmas just, just on their boat. Not, not my boat. Not my boat. <laughs> I uh, actually, so I woke up this morning to find the elf, you know, the elf on the shelf sitting in our popcorn bowl full of water. My wife had put her in there like she was using it like a hot tub for the girls to see this morning. And uh, and it was because I guess apparently it's gotten too hot in Florida, even for elf on the shelf. That's hilarious. I don't know if you can see, but above me in this video, I do see it. you got a little Santa sleigh. That was the Santa sleigh that the elf on the shelf arrived on oh, with all well, the lights. Yeah, was, yeah, it's a little crazy. It's all I've got to do just to be able to remember to move the damn thing. Um, no, it doesn't work in that way, but I also think it's probably our last year. Uh, yeah, she's getting Charlotte's to that age, right, huh? Yeah. 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 That's kind of so, sad. Is that, does that make you fun. sad? Does that make you sad? It does make me sad. It does. Yeah. It does. I mean, from I the perspective that. that she's she's going into an age where she's starting to question things like Santa, yeah. her friends are starting to question it as well. But she still has that little edge where she's like, is it real? Is it not real? It's still really cool. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll figure it out one step at a time. If it's not the last year, next year, probably. And every year after that, probably uh, until it happens. Well, I'm excited to see you in a couple of weeks. All of, we're doing the annual Loney trek down to to uh, Disney and Orlando and all the parks. Um, and I think you and I, maybe we do it in person. We're going to do like a year end wrap up. But I'm excited uh, today. We've got a guest, and I don't think this is an area. I, you know, amazingly, in almost two years now of the Guest X podcast, I don't think we've talked to anybody in the locks field, which. Nothing against the Locksville, but it, that's hard to do because there are okay. there's a lot of them now, and uh, you go to a show and there's at least one in every row. And but we have not really and and it is as much as we joke about the locks. In, in many ways, if there was a single, I guess MVP of COVID for the vacation rental industry it was that we had already gotten into locks at least to a serious degree it, it really has become table stakes but then these you know these companies and we're, we're going to hear from our guests today but they're starting to really expand out from there which makes a lot of sense around these locks so I'm, I'm excited this will this is central to guest experience 
I'm excited too. I was one of their clients, so I know their product really yeah. well. You know, um, so let's let's do the introduction. Uh, today yeah. we have Nate Whisk. He's the general manager of Point Central. Nate has uh, a lot of experience in our industry with over 12 years uh, in building technologies, uh, doing R&D with a, a lot of products, design controls, manufacturing processes, equipment sizing and specifications. Nate, welcome to the show. We're really excited to have you. Thanks for having me, gentlemen. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think um, for me, I've been really familiar with your products for God, probably the last 10 years, maybe even 15. I, I don't even know how long it's been. And and I think it's very central to the Central Florida market because you guys have such a big presence here. But for those guests that don't know Point Central, I'd love you to give you know a little bit of background on yourself, how you got into the industry. And give us some background on Point Central and what you guys do. Sure. I and mean, Brian, if you've been using us for 10 years, though, I thought you might be able to just tell everybody about it uh, for me. <laughs> I can tell everybody about your product. <laughs> just reach uh, out to me, guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Those those of you who don't know, we have been in the Point Central has been in the short term rental industry for over 10 years. But we are a wholly owned subsidiary company of Alarm.com, publicly traded smart home tech company. Uh, I've been at that company for 13 years now. Uh, so this is my my business uh, in terms of uh, smart home. That's, that's what I've been doing for a long time. Uh, but Point Central is the product set and, and brand within Alarm.com that focuses on building property automation platforms for uh, short-term rental property managers. We, we also do long-term different segment of Point Central's business, but obviously today we're here to talk about the short-term industry, how we help operators. Uh, we, we really cover everything from improving property awareness, reducing operational costs, but also improving guest and owner satisfaction uh, by way of the, the smart home tech. I think what's really interesting, Matt, is that you guys in specifically, you guys are focused on the technology end. It, it does have a huge component in the guest experience, how it presents itself within the guest mm -hmm. experience. But talk to us about how, how you guys really envision Point Central, what your role is when it comes down to some of the products that you develop, and then how it's being delivered to some of our partners. Yeah, it's a great question. And it might take a moment to even check myself on how I describe it as somebody who's been in the technology arena for a while. But like a lot of people, when we say tech today, a lot of people think software, right? Pure software. That, that is is technology. Um, but we as Point Central are, are bridging both a software and hardware gap. And, and so it's an internet of things or IoT play, but it depends on the audience you're talking to, whether that word IoT <laughs> resonates or not. Um, and so, you know, the interplay of hardware, like tangible, real, physical things and software is, is difficult to do. Um, and so we as a, as a company have elected to really focus on being technologists that help solve problems for our industry. And, and there's, you know, certain areas that we focus on with respect to smart home devices. Um, and then we put the software wrapper on it to make it easy to use, uh, work with other softwares via API connections, et cetera. But, but kind of we stay in our lane to, to make sure that we um, <laughs> just, it just works is a, is a thing I've been saying recently. Like, like that's what technology should do. It should just work. Not everybody needs to know what frequency it communicates on, et cetera. Um, and that translates over into the guest experience, right? The guest is, is, is expecting in this world, our, our industry, their their experience for a vacation to just work to for to be seamless for them to just show up and they can get in the door and they have a nice pleasantly you know temperature controlled uh, uh, house and and they're they're doing their vacation things they're not worried about having to call 
the property manager and ask why they can't get in or why it's hot or why something's not working. And that's that's somehow we think about building technology to solve those problems. So when, when you think, Nate, from a hardware standpoint, is so point central for our listeners, does it does it integrate with, you know, is it hardware agnostic? Are you also, is it is it your proprietary hardware that goes with the technology? How, how do those two, what's the intersection there? Yeah, we like to describe it as a curated ecosystem of hardware. So we do integrate with some third-party uh, devices, uh, okay. namely on the locks. We're not bit manufacturing our own locks. Um, there's lots of people out there that have been doing that for a long time, and they're good at it. But we yeah. do make our own communications hub that goes into the, the home that allows for us to uh, operate a dedicated private secure encrypted connection to the internet to our cloud we actually run our own cloud we don't use a public cloud for for security and privacy reasons we have a lot of information about that you know whether a door is locked or unlocked at a home that's that's highly sensitive and we don't mm-hmm. we don't trust anybody else to it our parent company for what it's worth has 8.4 plus million uh properties uh, typically owner occupied but also commercial uh, properties around 40 countries um and that's security systems. Uh, we we just know that we have to <laughs> we have to control that 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 comms path, and so we do make some hardware when necessary. We make uh, temperature device sensing devices. We make our own smart thermostat. We uh, recently just uh, announced and are launching our own smart noise monitoring device. So we build some hardware, but we also communicate with uh, a third party hardware like Locks. We we connect to other thermostat manufacturers as well, but we do so in a controlled manner support is can be difficult when you just say I, I i'm totally agnostic i can support anything and everything right. when we know that from 20 years of experience in this world uh most things most things work but when they don't if you've got 250 different locks because they all communicate over z-wave um they're not all created equally i'll leave it at that <laughs> and that sure. creates an unnecessary burden on on everybody involved uh, including a guest because that's the, yeah. the the person who realizes there's a problem and calls in for support. You you bring up a good point because I do think, and I'd love to get your take on where we are in the adoption of more of that smart home ecosystem. Um, you know, I've spent some time in in Europe where it feels like it's uh, it's much more widespread in vacation rentals. You know, one of the things I hear about in the in the U.S. is kind of that fear of it's just another thing that can break. Another thing, to your point, the the guest gets frustrated with because either it's not working or they don't know how to operate it. But at the same time, there's some huge advantages to when we look at the efficiencies of managing hundreds of vacation rentals um, that I don't know that people are quite you know, they're up to speed on yet. How do you think about that entire ecosystem and where we are in that journey? Yeah, um, it, uh, great question. It started 10, 12, 12 years ago when we got started as Point Central as a business, really 10 years in earnest delivering real products to the real world in, in the vacation rental industry. But we've been chipping away at it since then. You know, 10 years ago, <clears throat> this was a, no, a completely novel idea. Um, smart smart locks, connected locks to the internet. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. We're we're kind of I think past that. Like you mentioned at the beginning, it's it's yeah. become table stakes. 
but I'll tell you, it's still surprising the amount of people that we end up talking to who have not converted their portfolio. Uh, but it starts with locks is kind of the key. Certainly, we've seen a, a rapid shift or an acceleration to table stakes over the last three to four years during the pandemic when you had a reason to say, I, I can't, I don't want to interact or people don't want to interact with me. They just want to show up at the property uh, and have some have keyless access. And, and so that became an aha moment for a lot of late adopters. Um, and, and that's kind of rapidly accelerated. But interestingly enough, during that time, another interesting phenomenon has, has been that people have started to have their own aha moment about sort of your reference, like the difficulty of tech. Like people are afraid often of technology. Um, it, it can be hard or difficult to use. Um, they may not feel comfortable with it themselves. For hardware type tech, it's difficult to install. Prior to the pandemic, we offer, or we still offer a turnkey professional installation service if you want it. I would say 90, 80 to 90% of our um, customers asked us to come and install before the pandemic. Well, in the pandemic, again, you don't want another person going to a property. They, they needed to control that. People started having to do it themselves. And then they realized, Wait a second. This isn't as hard as I thought. You know, Point Central and other companies have started have made this easier. It's become more approachable, uh, and now it's completely flip flopped. I would say eighty to ninety percent of our installs are, are self installs by the property managers or you know, their maintenance teams. Like if I can install one, um, I, I promise you that you can install one yourself. And it's more about the convenience of project management if you wanted to do it through us. But but it all starts with locks. That's it's so fundamental. It touches everybody in the in the the experience from the operator to your maintenance teams to your cleaning crews who can get provisioned access. You can start to get uh, alerts that say, "Hey, my cleaning code now told me that the cleaner left early. Now I can send." A notification to the guest to say you can actually check in early. The house is ready, uh, and then the guest goes there, types in their code. It's all auditable. Like that's just that's that's the core of it. Happy to talk more about all the other devices, but but it all starts with locks. Yeah, well, I mean, if you wouldn't mind though, yeah, and where is it going from there? Then, and what are you seeing? That would I think yeah. that'd be really interesting to hear. Smart thermostats is the obvious next one. It's been around for a while. You know, bringing that in, being allowing. And, and right now it's top of mind for a lot of people, especially in the institutional world where ESG initiatives are big, but even on the, the consumer side, like eco-friendly uh, experiences, buildings, things like that are, are drawing people. Um, so smart smart thermostats that can help control uh, energy costs, consumption and costs uh, during an unoccupied um, status, but also during an occupied status. So I think we all have a Florida connection here, but I always, I always give the example of the family of six leaving to go to the beach in the middle of summer, 90 degrees and 90% humidity, uh, kid forgets something inside, runs back in, forgets to close the door all the way. And now you've got the thermostat set to 69 and you're, you're air conditioning the neighborhood for the next six hours while you're at the beach. Um, guest probably doesn't have a, an issue with that, but they said the owner, <laughs> the owner's not going to be happy and the property manager's going to be on the hook. So we can do things like the doors left open, shut down that HVAC system. So you're not continuously pumping it. Um, that's again, that, that's a pretty easy to rationalize cost saving uh, device. We are big right now in water, water management, being aware, this is not necessarily a guest related experience. Um, so, so I don't want to spend too much time there, but the average cost of of water damage or claim an insurance claim is $10,000 uh, in a single family home in the, in the U S you can get a 35, $45 device and and put it under, you know, the dishwasher or the washing machine where these things typically happen and get an instant notification if water's leaking onto the floor. So you can go uh, <laughs> prevent precious hours or precious minutes because you know, before it becomes catastrophic. Um, we also have devices that you can, 
instead of just having to go check it, you can actually shut the water valve automatically when there's a leak so that you can buy yourself time to go over, see what's going on. But those are things that we're seeing a lot of interest in right now, especially with the macroeconomic landscape that we're, we're living in, cost controls and, and think about the bottom line, not just monetizing the top line with, with tech is, is huge. Uh, of course, I think everybody on this is, uh, this call is probably aware, but smart noise monitoring, party prevention, like you need, we need to keep all these units rentable. And so we, we have a, you know, a little bit of a campaign out there, be, be a good neighbor. Um, and, and we can help you do that with some noise monitoring devices. So those are, those are probably the top of mind. There's plenty of other peripherals that are out there, but those are, um, I would say the hardest hitting. You know, it's, it's really interesting stuff. We used a lot of this information, one to scale. I think from a lot of people don't talk about this, but the fact that you have remote access to the properties gives you the ability to, to scale the amount of properties that you can manage. One of the biggest things that we had issues with when back in, you know, between 2008 and 2015 was the fact that we weren't managing doors. We were managing lock boxes at two o'clock in the morning. And the thought of bringing on another property and having a guest call and say, I can't open my freaking lockbox. I can't get into this damn house. And I was 45 minutes out or at a movie theater and never able to turn off my phone because I never knew if a guest could get in was an issue. I didn't want to scale. But with a system like Point Central, having the ability to say, okay, no problem. Here you go. Open up the door. And they were in. It eliminated the guest frustration, stopped them from being in a driveway for an hour, two hours. And so I wonder, you know, as you talk about and think about technology, is there, have you guys seen a component where it has grown exponentially just on the operational side? Have you seen your portfolios grow just because it's become so easy to manage the volume of homes with the technologies that you guys are building? Absolutely. And Brian, you said that better than I could, because you've been like an operator, you've been a property manager yourself, but that's something that we, we try to tell people like, I can't imagine managing, I mean, heck, I can't imagine managing 10 properties with physical keys. Uh, yeah. the, the, the stress involved with, am I going to get that call? Like, did somebody locked out? Um, you know, there's always going to be some stress as you get bigger, but like what we're trying to do is, is, is take that away and create some peace of mind um, for, for property managers to be able to take the next step and get bigger and realize these, these economies of scale. We think about this in sort of this, this stepwise function where it all starts with awareness of the property. So we can we have devices in there that give you information. So you're aware, you can see it. Well, the next level is control. Well, I can do something. I can change a thermostat from my phone or wherever. It's it's a por my portfolio in my pocket, right? Um, and then the next part is, is automation. Well, let me actually do some of that work for you. A lot of times you have to crawl, walk, and then run. You're not, gonna, not everybody's ready to jump right in, but we've absolutely seen people who can take their portfolio from 10 to 25 to, to 50 to, you know, or, or people who go from 200 to 400, just because again, they see this and they understand that their the cost savings allow them to reinvest in, in, in new owner acquisition. The other thing that's really interesting for that we like to really think about and we see ourselves doing is using technology to free up property managers time so that they can focus on delivering high quality, high impact experiences for guests. And I want to make sure I tie this back to like the guest experience, but that's, that's part of it, right? I talked about sort of the, these conceptions of people not adopting tech because it's hard. They don't understand it. They're fearful of the install. We need to do all of that. We and every technology provider out there, that's, that's part of our job. Make 
this, this usable, make this intuitive, make it friendly and have it just work so that you can do the high impact things, creating that, that whether if you're a small boutique operator in a local area and, and providing those niche experiences that distinguish you from others, um, well, you have the peace of mind <laughs> to not worry about managing keys, these, these sort of repetitive tasks, um, worrying about energy costs um, that, that might be out there and, and other things. I mean, heck, water leaks that may prevent the next guest from being able to come in, um, noise. Make sure that this property is available next year for the family to return to the same property they like because some bad actors didn't throw a party and ruin the experience and, you know, uh, get the permit lost for the owner. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I've, it's, it's, I've got a question. It's really good. So, yeah. One, one, one thing, and we talk about data a lot. So I wonder how much data are you guys capturing? How much of that data is being made available? So you know, one of the discussions Matt and I always have is get to know your guest. And one of the things that always fascinated me when we were building the guest experience application with Guestbook was understanding things like temperature controls. You know, I know that X, Y, and Z is a repeat customer. He wants the house set at 72 degrees the next time he comes into the house. And they arrive between, you know, typically eight at night and they don't leave the house until nine o'clock in the morning. And there's some certain patterns that you can start to watch that can help you really understand your guests' activities and the way they like to operate the house. Is any of that information going to be made or is it available to the property managers to help them start to enhance the guests stay? Because from my perspective, and Matt starts doing this with some of the voice technology, but being able to say, hey, welcome, Matthew, to the house. It's been set up to 72 degrees, the same way you like it at home. And now all of a sudden, you really start to build something that's interesting to the guest. Yeah. Brian, you, uh, you're, you're putting me on the spot and asking me a tough question about data. Um, I, I don't have the lawyers <laughs> on the call right now, so I have to be careful about how I respond. Data is that we can have a whole probably podcast conversation around data. Um, it's highly sensitive. It's, it's personal. Um, it is. It, it, and you have to be careful with it. We, you're, you're right about the things that we can, in theory, do with data. I will say from our, our, our per company's perspective and what we do, we do not collect or retain uh, guest data, partly because we aren't interacting directly with that guest. So we will do things like get an email address um, and allow for the code to be sent to that guest. Um, but we aren't storing guest data beyond that uh, or, or trying to track that. And I think that there is a a person in the middle, a group in the middle, the operator who may be able to say, look, I have gotten the guests to agree that they're willing to share this because they want to be a repeat customer and I want to create some VIP type experience. Um, you know, like like you might have a, a in the hospitality realm or hotel realm, <clears throat> um, your, your points or your your custom profile. In that, in that world, you could actually, somebody could build that and then say, I know who the guest is, tell Point Central when they come in that they like it at 73. So we, we, we can in, in practice, you, you could operate that, but we're highly sensitive to us, that, that guest not being our customer. And so therefore we do, do not want to store or retain that information. We will do a lot of things in the back end for operational purposes to improve, you know, high level disaggregated, meaning not, not identified with a person uh, data to, to build automation rules, build workflows, anomaly detection, some of our machine learning type stuff. Um, but it, it, it's not in that realm, but you could in theory use the technology of somebody else in the middle who got the permissions explicitly from a guest said, yeah, I'm interested in doing this. 
That's interesting. Uh, and I love that answer because it puts you right in the role of where you guys are supposed to be, which is a yeah. technology providing company. Sorry yeah. To you off. And, and then, well, that then no, Brian, you bring it up because that was kind of where I was going, which is you know, before we jumped on today, Nate, you said something interesting because I do think that right now we've talked a lot about the the tech stack is is really grown for these operators. And I think part of their frustration with technology is that a lot of our technology still doesn't yet talk very well to each other. So even if the the technology within its own ecosystem is easy to use and and works, then you tr- the minute you try to start bringing in something else even though it may be a logical extension it, it, sometimes it can get difficult. And I think part of that is that there's a little bit of a race to see who can own the guest. I think the point of sale system has, to some extent, they, they, they're definitely going to be a player if they don't end up being V1. And, and by own the guest, I don't mean, I think all of the technology acknowledges that that the property manager, it's their guest, right? But where is that where is all that going to live and where are people going to go to when they want to push it out to the gas? And everybody wants to be the, the hub of that. But Point Central's taken a different position with regards to their integrations. And, and I think it is really unique right now in, in the world that we're living in, in this race to see who will be the hub. Talk a little bit, Nate, about how you guys are doing that. Yeah, it's a strategic question for us. I mean, we could decide that we wanted to go try to play in that crowded consumer level space. But the reality is our strategy is to know who we are and and be really good at it. And who we are is a business to business uh, enterprise grade property automation solution that helps property managers manage their portfolios at scale. In that, I didn't say anything about Point Central. You know, we can enable things for guests, but we're not trying to own that guest. So I'll let either other people fight it out or we'll say, hey, look, we're, we're not going to try to encroach on that territory. We want to facilitate very positive guest experiences or help you do that. But that is your customer. That guest is your customer. Interestingly enough, in our long-term rental world, uh, so think apartment um, communities, we often talk about, I mean, the residents of those are users of the app. But they're 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 stakeholders. They're users. They get the smart home tech in their their long term residence. It's that's their home. But when we say customer, we mean property manager. Like when we that that's an internal thing. We have a, I have a slide for that I use. I customer equals property manager. That's what we talk to our product teams about. So we talk to our customer success and our sales teams about. It. I mean they they know that well. But that's who we're building technology for. And yes, we could in theory say I want to go get into this technology for a property manager. That technology. I'm a believer in staying in the lane and just doing what you do really well. Um, I don't feel compelled to try to be everything, everywhere, all at once for everyone. Um, some there's, a few co- there's only a few companies that can do that. Uh, and most of them monetize based on selling marketing and, <laughs> and advertising. And that's just not, that's just not what we're going to do. Uh, that's just not what we're trying to be. Interesting. I mean, it's a little bit sense. about the hardware. It's because to me, you know, the way I always presented the product to my homeowners wasn't another piece of technology, another just piece of hardware. It was an an actual investment. Once they purchased it, they had a piece of hardware that actually added value. Is that the way you guys build your product line? Is it through, how do you guys envision and pitch your products to 
your property managers and then in turn help yeah. them propose it to their homeowners? Sure. We have a, we actually have a specific call along our sales journey um, for new customers where we, we have a funding conversation. And the question is, how do you, property manager, plan to fund this? Let us help consult with you. There are different ways to do it. One of which, and this is sort of definitely the historical model, is charge the owner. But we think that actually you can rationalize this if you just kind of crunch some numbers with us that where you don't even have to charge an owner. You could put it in and show that you're going to get your own return and then they're going to get a return by way of energy savings, you know, uh, seamless access experience, things like that. Um, so and then some people do a little hybrid or they charge for part of the hardware, but not the full hardware. Um, and it's kind of open and just based on some some people are more uh, liquid than others. Some people have a bigger balance sheet and can can spend four or five hundred dollars to <clears throat> to outfit the house. But but I think to your point, Brian, you can think about a lock and a thermostat as an asset of the house, and that could be owned by the owner. Um, we on our parent company side and in the the uh, the long term rental side, there's a lot of builders who are specking in smart home from <laughs> from the from the very ground up because it's kind of a modern home experience. It's it's what people expect and they can buy in bulk and resell at a little bit higher premium, tuck it into, you know, the bigger, broader cost of a mortgage that might be <clears throat> used to secure the home. And now you've got a smart home from from day one and and it's an asset for the owner, but also somebody's made money in, in the builder along the way. Uh it adds resale value. We've we we've seen that in our owner occupied domain. How much very market dependent very much depends on how, what devices and how many you have, but um, yeah, a lot of different angles, and, and we're always happy to have that sort of consulting conversation about what's best for your business in this. I think it's smart because it, I do think a lot of it, especially over the last year, goes back, Brian, to your point: owner acquisition and owner retention. So as you make all these decisions, you need to be making it from the standpoint of, you know, is this going to help me in any way acquire? homeowners and or retain homeowners. Um, and if you're going to have your homeowners pay for it, is that going to have a retention? You know, is that going to create a retention issue? Um, all of that, I think, does have to be taken into account. I've got to believe, though, that the rise of smart home in the residential, um, in the primary residence, probably paves the way a little bit, Nate, for for it being part of the second home, right? It just, it's easier for me to understand the value prop if I've got it in my primary residence and now my property manager is telling me why I need to have it in my vacation rental. It, it's a, just the timing of this is, is highly relevant. In the last week, <clears throat> excuse me, I've had a conversation with my customer success team who told me about a 150-ish unit property manager customer of ours uh, who continues to grow. It's not saying that they're going by 50% in terms of owner acquisition every year, but they're chipping away. I can see, I went back and looked just, oh yeah, wow, this is, they've gotten bigger. Yeah. Uh, I like to think it's because we've enabled or helped that, that scalability, but uh, whatever it is, that's a good, healthy size. They <clears throat> told us that for any of their legacy owners, trying to define that as sort of uh, prior to a year or so ago, they, they have a hard time asking them to pay for new hardware, even like a smart noise monitor, um, because that wasn't the expectation that was set. But every new owner that they bring on, they don't have any problems 
charging for smart home hardware as part of joining their program. Like it's kind of like, here's part of your initiation fee or whatever else it may, it may be. And it's kind of obvious, just evident. Like you said, Matt, like, oh, I, I need a smart lock. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, oh, smart thermostat. Okay. That seems to be what I need on that second home. Um, and I thought that was just an interesting sort of anecdote around these expectations and and where you, so it kind of depends on where you start. If you haven't start started, sort of jump right in and try <laughs> your owner acquisition strategy with, with monetizing it to some extent. And you can always work your way back. It's hard if you start at zero or free to add costs on later. Um, and, and so that was, yeah, um, again, highly relevant timing, but I think you're seeing that shift probably partly because it's becoming the norm on owner-occupied units. And I bet you a lot of these these folks have a smart lock in their own. I've got, I've got four smart locks on my home and it's not because we, you know, our kids are five and three. They're not open. And although the other day, the five-year-old somehow has watched the code enough times and she's now figured it out, scares, scares the bejeebies out of me. But, um, but it's because I don't want to deal with keys. Like, why would I, you know, um, Cars today, you know, that your phone can be your key. Why am I having to pull out a key to walk into a residence I own? I just can't. So I do think that that's just really paving the way. So um, that's interesting. It is interesting, but I also think it's becoming an expectation. So I've got a question for the two of you, which is the guest expects smart home technology in our homes, don't they? I mean, you're both technologists in this space. You're both building technology as a vacation rental company. If you're tied to technology with companies like Airbnb and VRBO, where we are technically competing with hotels and the hotel space, and there's some insane innovators that actually have come on this show to talk about how smart their homes are or how smart their hotels are. There's no way that that same technology isn't being expected inside of our vacation rentals. So to both of you, I guess there's a question of, is there a way that a property manager shouldn't be thinking about implementing some sort of smart home technology in their homes to stay relevant? You asked it for both of us. And Matthew, do you have any thoughts on it? I mean, I sure do. Yeah, no, please go, Nate. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just join in. And when Nate covers, I'll go. That was exactly what I was going to say. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of this this generational shift from like, old school to current modern expectations. And this is, this is guests. This is your, your uh, operators and owners are also getting younger um, it, as we go forward and they're more comfortable with technology. It's not going to go away. Like, so, so no, I think the answer to your, your final question there is, is there any world in which you should not be thinking about this? Like, no, there isn't. You should, you should definitely be thinking about this. This is where it's going. Um, you can see it has happened in the hotel space um, over a longer period of time, and maybe even in, in some ways, not that it's not even that sophisticated, but it's it's locks. It all started with locks, you know, <laughs> key card. Now it's on your phone. Um, it, it's it's the that's where it's going. Um, technology will only get better. Will only get easier to use. It will only get less expensive over time, um, and it'll help you scale. So yeah, hey, we we also you mentioned you said we say vacation. I'm always conscientious. Like, pull myself out and say it's not even just vacation anymore. It's broad stroke short-term rentals, but what's the average age of the person who's now working remotely or has hybrid work and is now going on a three, four week, I can work from anywhere. Like I, that person 100% expects a smart home, highly connected experience. 
if they're if that's the 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 world the, their work environment they're living in um so it's just going to get more and more it, yeah and i i i agree with Nate. i i think at the end of the day we spent a lot of time brian talking about what is a good guest experience and how do you create and at the end of the day it, to me it really boils down guest experiences it always has boils down to less friction less friction is a better guest experience and sometimes that friction is created uh, by us unnecessarily, right? Uh, cleanliness, um, you know, things being wrong with the home, like we create it. But other times that friction, I think, is created because we don't meet the, the guest expectations. And that's a very dynamic area. And I think to Nate's point, the, the expectations continue to increase no different than they did when when we went away from big tube televisions and it was expected that you have flat screens smart home i think is just the next evolution of that and so what happens is it's not that you're even if you even if you figured out how to deliver that key every single time exactly when the guest needs it and it's perfect the problem is now you've failed to meet what's becoming a pretty basic expectation that I'm going to be able to drive to this home, punch in my code, walk in and there there's and, and interacting with the home and my environment is going to be easy. And, and whether you like it or not, to Nate's point, it's not going back. You're not going to lower expectations. Never get lowered. I've never been in an industry and that's not unique to hospitality restaurants, whatever it is. I've never been in an industry where, you know, five years later, people go, whew, Remember back in 2020, man, they expected a lot. But luckily now that, you know, nobody expects it. It's just, that doesn't happen. So it's, it, I think we just, the, the faster we can get on this and figure out how to execute well on it, which I think Nate and his team are, are doing a great job of, then, then we're going to be able to meet those expectations. And that's, that's really what it comes down to. Maybe one day we're going to go, you and me, to a new museum, Matt, and see a key on that wall. Oh, yeah. And you're gonna be like, Dad, what what the heck is that thing? And you're gonna say, That's how we used to open up a door. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I yeah, or uh you know, a car key. I mean, think about car keys, even those people who, you know, maybe uh it's not it can't be you your phone can't be the key, but if, if it's not a phone, it's a fob. And the mm-hmm. fob, I mean, when was, I can't remember the last time I actually had a car key in my hand, maybe at a rental, you know, with Hertz, which Again, I would tell you, is frustrating. I went, I went the other day, Brian. You would love that. So Turo, I use Turo, not to get off to, too far off, to, but and I rented a Tesla, and they just gave me access to the Tesla through the, a Tesla app, and I walked up to the car and it unlocked. And I got in and did my thing. And then when I checked out, they just removed my access to the car and I was done. And I remember That's thinking insane. Hertz doesn't have a chance. Like, you like, just quit the fight. Except Hertz is who just put in a big order for a bunch of Teslas. So they, they, they are, okay, well, they're, yeah, yeah. they're moving. <laughs> well, they're that, smart. Yeah. The, yeah. I think it was something like, uh, I mean, a commitment. And it was zigged and zagged because I think it probably got taken off the shelf. And then I think it got put back on. It was like 50,000 Teslas. They're trying to add to the fleet. They're trying wow. to electrify the fleet. But but what you just described is access, right? It's access control just on a car, in a vehicle. <laughs> it's the remote experience. And right. it's, 
Somebody's got to try it first. Well, we're going to dip our toes in, and we're not going to go backwards once it's once we're in it. No, I, I'm not going back to standing in line with 20 people at the Hertz rent a counter or whatever. I'm walking out. I want to walk to a car. And I, I've got things to do. So I just um, our industry. And look, I think that if you look across, Brian, the leaders of this industry, they're the ones who acknowledge that that's where it's going, and and either are trying to be a part of the solution or, or, or are quick to adapt. And some things you're going to look, we all had the, I had the mini C with the mini CDs. Well, I can't remember what they were called. Do you remember when CDs went small and, and, and yeah. okay, that was, that was a big mess, right? That didn't yourself. become right. So some of what we're coming up with is going to, but I don't think that should keep people from exploring different opportunities because it's important, I think, to stay out there um, and, and stay in front of it. Well, today's conversation was fascinating. We've got yes. hours of chatting about this stuff, but I'm sure you and Nate are both busy guys. Nate, we appreciate you coming on the show today. Thank you so much. And uh, for those customers that aren't using smart home technology, reach out to Point Central. They've got some fantastic stuff um, that they're doing. And I can almost guarantee you, you're you're so software connects to these guys. So they've also got some fantastic stuff that they've done with the APIs, which we didn't even get into. But uh, thanks again, Nate. Hey, Brian, Matt, this was uh, a pleasure is mine. Thanks again for having me. I had fun. Hope you both have a great holiday season and uh, maybe we'll catch you in Florida here soon. Hopefully. Absolutely. Thank you, Nate. That's it for this week's episode of Guest X. Be sure to sign up for our email list at guestxpodcast.com. That's guest, the letter X, podcast.com. And follow us on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. He is Mr. Guest Experience, Brian O'Malley, and I'm Matthew Loney. Signing off and reminding you to always create a customer experience worth talking about. This podcast is a Hospitality.fm production.